Wells Cranberry, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and find the players so they feel like they can connect and, of course, be accepted. That is here. That is now. That is wow. Okay, I went like Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3 with that list, but welcome to the show, everybody. Happy to have you here. We're halfway through June, and we've got a great band on today and a fantastic conversation for anybody out there that wants to do music that is in music or anybody that is about just trying to do something for themselves, this this episode is for you. Also, if you like any Australian band out there, this episode is one you're not going to want to miss because, ooh, this one's a good one. Before we jump into that, though, I want to thank support for this podcast, which comes from Phoenix Fitness. So what is my what are my two favorite things in the world? You guys know this. It is recording these episodes and doing this podcast and mosh pits. So what do I want to do when I go to mosh pits? Why do I like them so much? Because there's just this primal energy, just this happiness I get going in there. And for me, in order to hit that happiness all the time, I have to go from the beginning of the first band to the end of the last band and mosh all the way through there. No breaks in between, all gas, no breaks. So I have to make sure my stamina is absolutely on top of this game. My conditioning, my cardio is on top of this game to make that happen. I need to make sure I'm strong enough in order to deliver the hits I need to deliver and also strong enough to make sure I can take the hits that I need to take because some of those dudes are big in that pit. Nate. Always going to call it my buddy Nate there because why not? It's fun. So let's make sure I'm what I call mosh pit fit. And I go to the gym a lot, six times a week to lift and do a lot of cardio, usually about two and a half hours to three hours at a time. But in order to make sure that I can do that and hit my fitness goals, I need to prepare and recover right. And that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in to help you achieve your fitness goals too with many different types of supplements such as pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free. I use our stim-free stuff because guys, I record this episode literally 10 minutes after I woke up and you saw the energy I had there. You think I need any extra pre-workout, any extra stimulants and caffeine? No. I also have different types of BCAA recovery compounds to help you absorb nutrients in your muscles post-workout. Different types of creatine help you build muscle. Different types of protein help you build muscle. Plant-based protein, collagen-based protein, whey-based protein. I use their chocolate malt-flavored whey-based because that's good stuff. Different types of multivitamins and literally anything I need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners and viewers on YouTube can get 20% off using the code CPP20 at fnxs.com. Links for another podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now time for your feature presentation. This band is called Alt. Their brand new album, Abeyance, comes out tomorrow. So get ready for it for a brand new Australian band that you're going to love right now. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girl listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, you know I absolutely love bringing on bands from all over the world, specifically from the country of Australia, and this is no exception. We got another great one right here. This band's brand new album, Abeyance, comes out on June 16th, 2023. And if you like music that's got a blend of a lot of different things, really heavily based and more rock and metal, it brings a lot of alt rock, pop, and sometimes electronic influences in there. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot that you do not want to miss out on because let me tell you, if it's got Australia and metal mixed with it, you know it's going to be good quality, especially if you're hearing it from me, if we're bringing on the podcast. So enough with me hyping this up enough. Let's get into it. Please welcome Daniel from the band Alt to the podcast. So Daniel, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, man. I mean, we're getting close to the album release day. How has everything been going in your world getting up to that point? You know, of course, it's going to be exciting every time you're going to put a brand new album out into the world. 
Yeah, dude. Like, we're really stoked. Um, we've had this album finished since April last year. So we've been sitting on it for a hot minute now. And just to know that we're less than a month away to get this baby out, we're, uh, we're stoked. Like, we can't wait. You, you, so you've been sitting on this album for a year and, like, two months before it's released, for, since it's been completed? Yeah. Holy <laughs> hell! Like, that's a long time to just be sitting on material that's, like... I'm, you gotta, you gotta be just itching to get this stuff out. And when it's finally out, just have this sense of relief. Cause all right, we've been working on this for so long. It's been done for so long. And now people are finally able to listen to it. And we're finally able to get it out there, play it live for people. And also start really being able to focus on working on new music at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's been, it's been long. So it was, it was pretty hard between April and I think we released the first single for it in November. So that, that time in particular, those those six months were hard. But now since we've been drip feeding singles out, it's been it's been a bit better because then you're getting to give people taste of the new music and it's some kind of release to be able to, you know, show people bits and pieces. But there's so much people haven't heard yet. Like I feel like they've only really heard one side of the album so far. So come June sixteenth, it'll be yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great that it's all out and we can start yeah moving along with it and yeah as you said start working on some new stuff yeah now let me ask you this because again that that 14 month period is a long time to wait to release an album but then also waiting from april to november i mean seven months just released the first single was it the plan to have this long of a release schedule or was it just you know the way things happen why was it so long to go from album finish to album release i guess there's just a lot a lot of work involved in uh in getting things how you want we had a clear vision and we had a lot of ideas of what we had to do um there's a couple of things that make it longer and one of that is um obviously making vinyl takes some time so that sets a date um already it already gives you a certain amount of time that you have to work towards to a release date but it was also um well before we'd completed this uh album we we weren't signed at all um, so now we're signed to Sharp Tone Records um, for the rest of the world. Uh, we got um, R- Resist Records here in Australia and, and New Zealand. So that takes time. And then that that finalized, which was great. And then from then, it was then the vinyl date after that. So that's why so long. Um, but it's worth it because obviously we've got two great teams behind us pushing everything as hard as they can. And yeah, we're, we're going out all guns blazing on our debut album, just trying to make it the best it can be, really. Yeah, and, and that makes a lot of sense now, thinking about it, really being able to take that, you know, the reasoning into perspective. Going and recording an album fully independent before even getting signed, that's going to take a lot for you as well. But all of a sudden, after the album is recorded, after the album's all, you know, set, ready to go, and then you're working alongside, what was it, you said Resist Records from Australia and New Zealand? Yeah. And sharp tone, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and with sharp tone as well for the rest of the world. Now it's you know you're working alongside trying to get you know you know these record deals, but also get this larger potential financial backing so that when the album does come out, when a band does come out, you've got a lot more support behind it from the financial sense. So it does make sense that you want to get all that squared away before you start releasing music. On top of that, when you brought up vinyl, now that clicked in my brain to think, you know what, that makes even more sense because. 
I've talked with I've talked with a couple of different vinyl like actual people that make those make those vinyls or produce those vinyls, and they say it's just been incredibly hard since the pandemic hit to actually get that to work because there's only a certain number of places that are printing vinyl. Like it's not something that's easy to do anymore, and that many places are able to do. So with so many artists trying to get vinyl be, to be printed out, plus you have a lot of other artists too that might be throwing a lot more, a lot more, throwing around a lot more money and a lot more weight because they can. Like you know when Metallica released seventy two seasons and they're putting on vinyl, of course those plants are going to be really focusing on you know right putting some of those out because they might be selling five hundred thousand a million copies of that vinyl. And it's you never know what kind of money is going to be put in there. Of course, they're still going to have time to do every band that they're going to end up having a contract with. But the time it takes to make that vinyl is insane. I think it was something like Motionless and White on their 2022 album didn't even offer vinyl because they would have to do pre-orders for it. And the vinyl wouldn't be ready until like today. Like that's how long it would have taken. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. And obviously, like popularity of vinyls just gone absolutely bonkers in the last few years and obviously it just wasn't something that the world was prepared for there wasn't enough plants there wasn't enough um materials and sources and now it's just like everyone wants to do vinyl and everyone wants the vinyl and i guess everyone's just trying to catch up really so yeah it takes a bit of bit of time but yeah when we're doing everything independent like we put you know all of our money into into the album itself and then obviously after that we're kind of like well we we're starting to run low now like uh just kind of being like a local band at the time and um so yeah that yeah we needed the labels otherwise like the music videos weren't gonna happen and um as much as the pr and all that sort of stuff as well so yeah it's it was a, a necessary thing and yeah just we're less than a month now and yeah we're getting very excited yeah, a necessary thing to make sure that the distribution of the album was going to be out there because you put all the money you could into the making of it, and you didn't want to, you don't want to like take all this money that you made for put into the album, all the time, effort, blood, sweat, tears you put into the album, and then have the distribution of it be and the release of it potentially be lackluster due to the fact that you put so much into the making of it. So taking the time to make sure you got the record backing for something like that does make a lot of sense to me at least. Yeah, definitely. And we've been a band, you know, that we don't want to cut any corners on anything. So, and that's how we sort of operated from, from day one and it wasn't going to change now. So yeah, thankful that we got to do it. Thank you. We were part of such a great team with yeah, sharp tone and resist and excited to see how it goes. And just what you said there is just, being a band that never wanted to cut corners and put everything you had into there. I kind of think about, you know, think about any, anything with sports in a way, there's always the players that don't cut the corners, always put in all the extra work that put in all the hard work or do whatever they can. And they're the ones that end up succeeding. I'll even think about this literally cutting corners when I was playing, because while I was playing soccer, as they, you know, say everywhere else in the world, football, it was, I was like in like 17, 18 years old or no 17 we were doing these drills and it was literally just like an agility drill and there were cones and all of the, everybody was cutting the, cutting the corners literally. And I'm the only one that was actually going around them and completing the full thing. So after about six, seven minutes, my coach blew the whistle and he told that, and he's like, stop, stop, stop. Everyone has to redo this whole entire thing over again because everyone kept cutting the corners and right as I'm about to start, he's like, no, 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 no. You didn't cut the corners. Go get a drink of water. I was like, Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. So literally Tied not cutting any corners. Yeah, literally not cutting any corners does reap the benefits due to the fact that you are actually putting in the work. You are not trying to take any little like, you know, easy way out of this because it's always when you take the little the easiest way, that little path of least resistance towards something when it comes to the creative aspect, it tends to always lead to the quality that you don't really want to see. If you're going to tr- not cut those corners and really try and do everything you can to make it as best as possible, you're going to get that quality that you so desire. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's what, you know, the difference is between a local band and a band that ends up getting signed at the end of the day is bands that aren't going to cut corners and put everything they can into it. And yes, there are local bands that probably don't cut corners and stuff too, but there's, there's a lot of things that have to align, but you just can't expect to, you know, work with people like Sharp Turn and Resist if you're going to cut corners. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Now that pops up another question in my head, because you said when it comes to between local bands and bands that get signed, the bands that don't cut corners are typically the ones that end up getting signed, which is absolutely correct. So when you guys were a local band between local band and getting signed, what were the things that you were doing that you would consider not cutting the corners, especially for bands that are in their local scene right now that want to get to that point, that want to get that record deal, can get a little bit of an idea of things that maybe you guys did that would be considered not cutting corners that a lot of other bands were in order to get that quality going, in order to continue on, in order to get to the point where you are today where a band is just about to come out and it's going to be on you know sharp tone and resist records so what were some of those things that you were doing that you would consider not cutting corners from your local scene days to where you are today yeah i guess i, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces uh <laughs> to the puzzle really um well first of all obviously the band's gonna have talent like the mm-hmm. band has to have talent and there has to be will like you all have to want it and you have to be on the same page all wanting the same thing you can't have someone in the band who's just not not in it for the long haul. So uh, when we first met with our, our manager or booking agent, like back in the day, like they were asking us, are you guys a career band or are you guys a band? And you have to really make that decision. Like, are you going to be a career band? And then after that, you have to be willing to put money in. Everything costs money. And no one in our band has a lot of it, but we work hard and we save up and we make sure we've got the money for it. But I guess the ways that we didn't cut corners is you can't just write a song in your bedroom and think that's it. It's a hit. So every single song we worked with our producer to make sure that the song was the best it could possibly be. That would be possibly changing bits, um, just getting his input on if we should shorten or longer parts, things like that. If we got stuck on parts, we would work with people from other bands to do pre-production with it, work with them. Um, They would give us ideas and we would, float things backward and forwards to make sure the songs were like the best they could be. That way we were happy with every single song start to finish. There wasn't a single part that we weren't happy with. Um, The next part, I guess, is uh, we worked with our producer, Callan Orr, who um, is from Dream on Dreamer. They're a band that's probably more well-known here in Mm -hmm. Australia rather than overseas, but they used to be signed to Rise Records and Unified and stuff like that back in the day. but it's just recording with a producer who has worked on bands or projects that have actually been successful rather than working with, I guess, like a producer who just records other local bands and hasn't been um, that fruitful for their artists as well. Um, Also got to come in with some kind of vision. Um, So the promos have to be, you know, on point. The music videos have to be on point. 
you can't just get some videographer whose largest music video has probably got 2,000 views or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, you have to make sure that you market. You can't just put the album up on Spotify or your own YouTube channel without any kind of marketing whatsoever and expect everyone to hear it. Like, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> so... That's how we didn't cut corners, I guess, is we just made sure that every part was as good as it could possibly be and worked for that. There was no, oh, that'll do. Yeah, and the best part of the, your whole entire answer was the fact that you started from the top level and really worked your way down to the specifics. And the reason I'm glad about that is because, of course, when a lot of people that are in younger bands or in these local bands are going to be listening to this, what they're going to think about is when they hear, okay, cut, what did you do to not cut corners? they're going to want some of those specifics because that's what they're thinking. But by you starting at the absolute top and bringing up the fact that for your, for every member of the band, it's like you want to, you have to make sure that the goal for this is to be that career band, because if there's someone in there that's not seen it that way or not motivated to have it that way, then there's always going to be this discrepancy and there's always going to be someone I'm not, I'm not going to say pulling down the rest of the band, but it's going to be something where that piece is going to be, not as impactful, like say it was, maybe it's your guitarist, maybe it's your drummer, maybe it's your bass, maybe it's your singer, maybe it's, you know, person playing keys, whatever it might be, if they're not fully invested into it, then there's always going to be issues when it comes to practice times, when it comes to, you know, what shows you're going to be able to play, when it comes to writing sessions, whatever it might be, and then being able to go forward and just not really cutting corners on anything else, making sure that, you know, when you're stuck on different songs, that you're actually working alongside other people who that you trust because they're going to know your vision. They're going to know exactly where you're trying to go. They're going to be able to connect with you on that. So when they're listening to your music that you're writing, you're in that pre-production spot where you're not sure if this is going to work. You're not sure if this is too long or too short. They're going to listen to it. They're going to know where you're trying to go, but they're also going to listen to it just as a normal listener. And they're going to know where the emotion comes in, where it's like, okay, that piece is too long. You're probably going to want to shorten up to get the most impact. Then you go to your producer and working with a producer that is much more viable in that way where, you know, you're not going to be just, you know, working with somebody that works out of their basement and just produces, you know, local bands in your area. If you really want to make a go of it, you're going to want to get someone who is going to, who has some success behind them, but is also going to push you to do better in every aspect. That's going to push you to do better things. That's going to push you to make your vocal set a lot better, make your vocals a lot more believable for the emotion you're trying to put out in every single song so that when you do get to that release point, everything is ready to go and then not stopping to market that release point and really promote it because once that album comes out, like once a band comes out, it's going to be out there. But there's a lot of people around the world that haven't heard it yet. So even if you're still promoting this album a year after its release, there's still, you still have to hit, you're still trying to hit what 8 billion people in the world. Even after a year, 8 billion people have, will not have listened to your record. Hell, 8 billion people have not listened to like the back and black album from ACDC. 8 billion people have not listened to uh, the black album from Metallica. 8 million people have not listened to Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. So there's always a way for you to try and promote your music to try and get it to the mass amount of people to make sure that not only do they have a chance to listen to it, but they are incentivized to go and take a listen to it as well. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that's it. Like you could literally pick some of the, the largest, largest of all time artists 
and yeah you can guarantee that there's people out there have not listened to their music and yeah that's that's okay we also know we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea but it's just like what we want to achieve what we want to do um with our music it's like if you want it to be as good as it can be then you need to put everything into it and you can't cut corners and you just have to do everything you can and honestly the amount of times you see people who make some good music and then but the production quality is not there or the music video looks like it was filmed on an iphone or they put or, the, or they do all those first bits right but then they just upload it to spotify and mm-hmm. there's been no one you know pushing it to media outlets pitching for spotify playlisting like nothing and it's just like well it was a waste because you didn't do you didn't do it all you know what i mean so it's just yeah, there's so many there's so many things you have to do and have to think about, and that's why you really have to come in and attack every release with a plan. Like you can't just go into it going like, oh, we're just going to put it out. It's going to be great. And add more context to that. There's, I mean, I've been doing this podcast for over 400 episodes at this point, and as time goes on, we're getting we're going to just gonna keep creep, uh, creeping closer to 500. The amount of bands I've talked to, the amount of you know different releases that I've seen, and what you just said really stands out to where. There's a lot of bands that are going to be putting in the time and putting the effort on the on the back end when it comes to the production of the music, when it comes to writing, when it comes to make sure everything is set up for it. And then by the time release day comes, it's it gets uploaded to Spotify. It gets uploaded to Apple Music. There's a YouTube video out there, and they post about it the day of the release, and that's it. And then it's like, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe the day of release, you got a little bit of traction on it, but then after that, it just stopped. And that was it because the only people that are going to be it, the people who already, who already know who you are. Yeah. Like it's it, not going to be the people who don't know you. Yeah. It's not going to be the people that don't know you. And if you're not constantly pushing that music, then the people that don't know you are still not going to know you. And if you keep pushing it, you know, the people that know you might be like, okay, you're still promoting this after, you know, so much time. When's the new album coming out? But the, it, that's just the way the world is today. People are going to constantly clamoring for something new based on the fact that they're, especially with music, there's always new stuff coming out every single week. I mean, new release Friday is a massive thing everywhere where you take a look at these long lists. And it was, I mean, I think about, I think about the month of May. And it was like, okay, you know, the or it was like May 5th. All right, we had the new Currents and the new Unearth album that came out that people are really into. Okay, you know, there's a lot of good new music. But by the time the next week came with May 12th, all of a sudden, now the focus shifted onto the Amity Affliction album. By the time May 19th came out, all the focus was on Sleep Token. But I've got a feeling, especially because we're recording this just after May 19th, by the time May 25th comes out, we're hearing teases of Bless the Fall releasing a brand new single. Where's all the attention going to go? It's going to go there. Attention is always going to the next things. But a lot of times, you know, your music has not been heard by the masses. So even if your music's been out for six, eight months and you're still promoting it, you might be that brand new thing that week for that person. And then they're going to add you to a playlist. And if you're constantly pitching a different Spotify editorial playlist, because that is a major piece of it now. That's a way a lot of people discover music. If your music, if your song is on there, yeah, they might be on shuffle in the background, but if it catches their attention, now they're going to take a look at what song that was. If a song absolutely hit them and it goes to the next one, they're going to hit, you know, the go back button and they're going to see what song it was and they're going to add it to their specific playlist. And now it's on rotation for them continuously. So continuing to try and push all these songs out there after the release is such an important thing that I've seen so many bands myself just kind of give up on after like a day or a week. And why would you do that? It's a slow grind. 
it takes a while. It takes a while, and you can't just you can't just give up on it. And yeah, as you said, there's so much competition on any given Friday. Like I was yeah talking to my wife the other day, and I said, "Have you heard the new Sleep Token album?" And she goes, "Oh no, I haven't listened to it yet." And I was like, "Okay, well, there's also a new album by The Used. There's a new EP by Kid Brunswick. There's a new single which has Premium Horizon and Black Bear on it. A new single from Paris." And I'm like, "It just." all in one day it just you can just keep going and going it's just like anytime you release anything on any given day you're bound to have 10 almost big artists of the same genre releasing at least a single or an album or ep on the same day as you and it's just like you have to make sure that you're promoting it otherwise you're really just going to get lost yeah and then the last thing you want to do as a band especially after you put all that work in there is to release and get lost in the shuffle and I kind of have a little bit of a theory behind why a lot of bands that, you know, when they don't go the full mile or they don't go the full, uh, I would say the full process when it comes to the release schedule, I think I have a theory behind it and I want to get your take on it. So this kind of comes to human nature when you're working on something for so long, when you're doing something for so long and all of a sudden now it's release day, now it's finally out there and you put post it, it's out there. There's this certain sense of, relief and this certain sense of euphoria that you feel because there's something you've been working on for so long there's something you've been put so much work into and now it's finally out there and just that enjoyment of having out there and the fact that it's finally there you feel so good about it where you're just like okay now that it's out there okay and now life you're also focused in on now you've waited so long gets that point what comes next so a lot of artists either fall into the guise of it's finally out there let's enjoy that it's out there but then they don't continue to promote it because they feel like they've reached the end point or because they feel like they've reached the end point. They're focused on trying to figure out what to do next instead of trying to finish out the release cycle and actually continue to promote this project, promote this song, promote this EP, promote this album through the next, I would say at the bare minimum at the next six months at the bare yeah. minimum. It's, it, it is a bit like that, I guess in like a mental capacity, um, and on release day, it's, it's not just excitement. There's a lot of nervous energy there as well. Uh, you know, wondering what people are going to think about it. And obviously in the world of like social media, everyone has an opinion. So uh, you just have to take some of the grain of salt. But yeah, no, releasing the album or releasing your single or whatever you're doing, it's not the end. It's actually the start of of the cycle or the era of that particular album. So when you've just released it, it's not oh, it's time to relax, it's out there now. It's like, no, it's actually just begun. And now the mm. like the even harder work starts from there where, with, yeah, now you've got to make people listen to it more and you need to give people more content around those tracks to get people to listen to songs that weren't singles. Um, and you have to play shows. You have to try and get those new songs into many as as possible. So it's like... Yeah, so what you're saying is people treating that as the end, but it's really, it's the beginning. It's the first part of, I guess, the release. Yeah, and at the same point in time, too, when you said you got to play shows to get people listening to it, you're you're playing shows, especially as a younger band, you're likely playing shows and you're going to be going on as an opener for some bigger bands, for some bigger acts. And when you do that, now there's brand new people that might not have ever heard your band, but people that might have heard it, but now they have no idea that you release new music. 
and when you're in that moment and this is all the re- also main reason why a lot of those bands it's like oh why are they playing the new album instead of like are they playing last of the new album instead of like the stuff that we like well you got to remember they just put out a brand new album they just put out brand new music and they want to promote it and when you have a crowd in that in that audience they are there they are there to enjoy the show but also to pay attention to the music that is when you have a that's when you have fans at the utmost attention because they are there to enjoy that experience and the core of that experience is the music that's going to be played so that's why you want to continue to do stuff like that and especially with brand new music you know you're going to be going out playing shows you're going to be putting out there into the world the focus of having it out there and really being able to create this interaction create this experience is going to be something that is heavily important to continue to promote your album for people in a way that is going to be as heavily and directly connected emotionally as possible because you are right in front of them presenting the new music to them. Yeah, exactly. You got to take all those opportunities to show people to be able to get the most out of every opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, in saying that as well, our new music's a lot better than our old music. So (laughs) in my opinion, so we're going to be playing a lot more newer stuff than we'll be playing older stuff on shows. And look, we've been really, um, blessed with some of the shows and tours and stuff we got coming up which is really good and uh, what we've even been able to do in the last few months as well um, previously tying in between singles to just promote like we just finished a tour around Australia with Don Broco and like you can't which is you know really good as their main support being able to like play just the singles we've got and um, we had to New Zealand for our first overseas shows in a couple of weeks as well just to be able to you know, try and grow those audience even before the album comes out, just showing them the singles that we've got and just continuing that after the album's come out. I think we're playing with Caskets from the UK and Wind Waker here in Australia to do a run as soon as the album's out to play it for new people. And yeah, you just really got to use these opportunities to get that out to brand new fans, even in our own country. Uh, hopefully one day we can make it over, over your way. That'd be amazing. But yeah, it's just... That's, I guess, the next goal after all this. I say that would be amazing. And I know usually the the way that it works, especially for bands from Australia, is, of course, you start with Australia because that's where your home is. And then it's always, you know, okay, first, you know, out of Australia, it's always going to be New Zealand. It's like every time I see that. And then after that, typically, it's the jump over to Europe. And then after that, once like the viability of that has been presented, then it's to be able to go over to the U.S. I've talked to a couple of Australian bands. That's usually what it happens. That's how it's been presented to me. The only band I know that I'll say the only band that's kind of going against that is I would say Patient 67 from Perth because they did Australia. Now they did New Zealand for a little bit. And then in September, they got on a uh, they got a Blue Ridge Rock Fest here in the United States out of nowhere. Well, because they promoted it and they just pushed it. And of course. They're gonna li- they're gonna listen to what the fans want. And the fans kept pushing it, so they're gonna they got they got their little fun spot over in the U.S. and I hope they do fantastic. But now yeah. you're talking about I'll say when you're talking about touring, yeah, you know you're gonna be pushing out the stuff. You got to go out with Don Broco to really you know promote these singles. And by the time the album comes out, you get to go out with Wind Waker and Caskets. And the reason I smiled about that is because I have had both bands on the podcast. I've had Wind Waker on, and those guys were hysterical. So I can just tell you, you're going to have a lot of fun going out with them. But then when you said yeah, caskets. We played with them a bit in our old band. Yeah, so we've we've been, we've been known them for a very long time. And then uh, the old band sort of broke away. And now we've become alt. And so this will be our first time actually playing together as alt and Wind Waker. So we're both really, really keen to get back on the road again with each other. Oh, really then you, good. 
I'll say you guys are going to have fun. And then when you brought up caskets, I had to smile big on that one because I've had them on the podcast multiple times. They're good friends and they are just r- incredible people. So just yeah, that's going to be a tour when I remember when I saw them like, when we heard caskets on the same tour, great Australia. Okay, but uh, why can't this be the U.S.? <laughs> yeah, so we're on that with them. So it should be a really good run. And yeah, I look really forward to meeting the Carsets guys. Like, they're obviously label mates of ours over at Sharp Tone. So yeah, it's really, really strong package. So I can see it going pretty well. So we're pretty, pretty keen. That'll be our first Australian to a post-album. So yeah, it should be really good. Alrighty, well, because now we're getting to the point where you know that album's about to drop, and I know what you said, or it's like there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of nerves coming up that always happen with an album release. How are you feeling, especially getting towards that album release? Or is it getting to be feel like that's more excitement, or you're starting to feel the nerves a lot heavily because, you know, it, again, it's a brand new album. Of course, it's brand new music. You've been sitting on this for so long. It's finally going to be out there, and you know you can't cut any corners. You have to continue to promote this thing. Are the nerves starting to set in, or is it? excitement is still being the main emotion because you have the plan in place and you're ready to execute on that plan. It's a uh, 75% to 25%, I reckon. Um, 75% is definitely more excitement because yeah, we've been sitting on it for so long. And as I said, we've got such a good team behind us. We've got a plan. Um, so really it is just, yeah, we're keen to get these songs out. And what I'm, what I'm really keen for is, yeah, as I said, I feel like we've showed, um, if anything of our old music is anything to go by, it's very dynamic. It's got highs, it's got lows, it's got sort of everything. And I feel like the single so far has only really shown one side of what the album's like. So I'm really excited to show people some different sort of sounds that they haven't maybe heard from us or maybe potentially have expected from us, but they haven't heard yet um, to come, which is really cool. But yes, there's obviously that that sense of nerves too. Obviously it's our first time releasing a record on, on labels. So yeah, it's definitely being released to people who haven't heard us before. Um, they might not be too sure what we're about. And I guess it is hard to see what we're about when you're listening to just the singles, but when you can listen to the album front to finish and it takes you, I guess, sort of like on a journey because it does take you through different genres. It gives you different vibes and feels and, there's heavy songs, there's softer songs, there's everything. And I, I feel like they'll understand us more when they get to hear, well, if they hopefully give us the time of day to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think about what happened in 2022 with Bad Omens and the Death of Peace of Mind. A lot of people, especially in the rock and metal world, specifically in the metalcore side, were hoping for something like the original album or to get like dethroned thrown at them 12 times. But then all of a sudden you hear the original, de- this the title song, and it's like okay, this is something different. Artificial suicide comes out. Everyone's like, yeah, this is back to normal. But then the whole album, it takes you on this massive journey. It takes you on this massive flow. And you just got to deal with it. It's like, okay, you got to deal with it. But you get to see a whole other side of the band and take a look at what happened with Bad Omens. They went from being a band where they were, I was supposed to see them right before the pandemic, headline a room that fit maybe 250 people, maybe. And by the time that album came out, they ended up opening up in a room for about, that Under Oath played in, for about maybe about 3,000, 3,500. Then they opened up for a day to remember in an arena. And they went on their own headlining run where the whole thing sold out in the U.S. for a two-month-long tour before the tour even started. 
So it's when, yeah. pe- when, when people are able to be open up to see more of a whole entire side of you to get that whole entire experience. And if it gets, you know, really picked up and really embraced by a lot of different people, it has this domino effect to be embraced by so many others. And it just really allows a band to potentially go from, you know, playing a room of 250 people and being the main band to all of a sudden, now, yep, yeah, yeah, now you're the main band and you're pl- and you're selling out a whole entire tour where the capacity ranges between one and 2,000 a night. And then you go on another tour that they're already set to go on in fall of this year or autumn of this year, whatever one you prefer in terms of, you know, terms for the season after yeah. summer. <laughs> but they're going to be playing like three, 4,000 cap rooms and it's already all sold out again. So it's just yeah. if you're able to create this different kind of sound and just have and have this opening embrace and get people to openly and willingly embrace it and just start to domino effect, now stuff like that happens. And after listening to the singles that you guys got put out there, I'm like, okay, I kind of see where you guys are going with this, but now you're saying that you're only really showing one side of it. Now I'm curious myself to see where that other side is going to potentially take me. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like, there's still a couple of heavier songs on on the album that you haven't heard, but I definitely feel it shows some of the most darkest, heaviest reaches of the album. Um, but there's definitely some more softer sides or poppier sides for people to see, and also stuff that kind of drifts more into rock more than into metal. And I don't know, it we've got horns on a song we've never had like horns on a song before and i don't know it's just lots of it's just the other side of it i feel is is what's missing from the singles and you get glimpses of it in some of the verses or or things like that but yeah it's it's dynamic and that's what we want we always want the release to to show different sides of us and and be different song to song but still sound cohesive yeah, and and I think a lot of that stands out too when I was especially the single that I really took a liking to more, which was the most recent one you guys put out, which was I know I'm gonna end up messing up things because either uh, Apep or Apep with uh the one about the Egyptian god of chaos. But like when I took a listen to that one, especially being able to see where some of those lighter side of things, where some of those different more experimental side of things could come in, especially in the way that the verses were put together, in the way that the in the way that the chorus was put together, had a little more of this flowing piece to it. But then all of a sudden going through the rest of the song and, you know, right after the second pre-chorus, there's like its own breakdown right there, which I'm just like, oh, and I was hooked into the song from there, not knowing that there was going to be another breakdown that actually comes where you expect it. That was even heavier that had more of this cranking sound to it, which kind of almost made me fall out of the chair in a way because I was just like, how do they put two of these in one song? (laughs) <laughs> and then all of a sudden have this cohesive flow to it at the same time i'm sitting there scratching my head thinking my god how is this not like the most popular song from it's like on the day it was released like of course you know like we said there's a lot of competition but holy yeah, hell what the did you guys do here yeah bring the horizon released a single on the same day oh they released <laughs> lost that day okay okay yeah. yep always ali As I said, there's always competition it from but that's like almost the biggest competition you can have in the scene on the day so (laughs) that actually makes a lot of sense it's oh yeah what competition you have to go up today for uh the release of that song ollie sykes dang (laughs) well we're gonna have to deal with it now boys uh two breakdowns obviously it wasn't enough uh, no, it's so good. (laughs) Two, uh, yeah two breakdowns was enough to break 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 through bring me the horizon but you know what 
over time, it may break through bringing the Ryzen. You never know. And you guys work with Jack from Void of Vision on that one, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we felt like he would add some really good um, flavor to the song. He's obviously got a very unique voice um, himself. And uh, our second ever show as Alt was actually supporting Void of Vision. So, yeah, they've been a part of our journey since the start. So, yeah, to be able to get him on a track and just have that dynamic because his voice is very different to mine um but it's still just locked in and it just felt right so we were stoked he's our first ever feature we've ever had on any of our tracks so yeah it's really really cool one to, to tee up and and not gonna lie the vocals between you and jack especially the different dynamics that were that you could hear in that track from this is the way that the tones of voice are being completely different it really made the song stand out in such a more unique way because you listen to the first verse and you listen to the second verse, the first pre-chorus, the second pre-chorus, and the, and the tone is completely different between the two, and it's just like, oh, okay. And then even from the first breakdown, the second breakdown, the first breakdown has one set of uncleans, but then the second one has this deeper, heavier, nastier set of unclean vocals. And the best part about it is you guys kept the vocals together in a way where... You know, when you're going through this story, when you're going through the message of the song, hearing the vocal flow on that makes sense because you have them sectioned off really nicely, but also because they're so different at the same time, the song takes on a completely different flow and a completely different feeling, completely different meaning, all based off of where those vocals are going because you can get different emotion from the first verse into the second verse and it's going to take the song and really take the meaning into a different capacity for the listener so by the time you get to the end of the song you've gone through this full journey and you feel like you've gotten so many different points of view on the meaning as a whole because of those two different vocal sets but because they've been used so congruently the song and the flow of it does not you know get missed out or does not suffer for the fact that you're trying to get this different, you're trying to get this message across through different voices. Everything flowed together incredibly nicely on this song. Oh, cheers, man. And I guess that's sort of what we, what we're sort of setting out to go with, with the whole, um, yeah, obviously like I, I sing everything up into that part where it comes in. And even then I show a few different dynamics in the, in the clean singing vocal. And then we wanted his screams to be the first screams that sort of come into the song. We just gave him that whole section and he just like rips and then back into my vocal. And then we'll, with the second breakdown, we'll like, all right, well, I have to scream this next breakdown to be like, you know, to make, to show that dynamic again of like his scream vocals and then my scream vocals and how it's just like, we're both unique in our own ways and we both got our parts and they both sound like great. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, have him on there and have that extra dynamic that you know we couldn't have done without him it was just it it was perfect yeah and the fact that it's just you gave able to you know open up for them for your second ever show and create that relationship with them and to have a point where you know they might be going out on tour in australia again and all of a sudden yep who's going to be in support probably you guys because there's going to be this dynamic flow that happens within there or maybe it's they're going out and they're going to tour australia and they're going to go out with let's say like uh let's say like polaris and then it's like well we need an opiac void of vision might be pitching you guys it's like well put them on there but also hey sharp tone label mates right there again so hey this makes sense yeah they're also on resist as well so we're like even better uh with a uh, Polaris on, on resist as well. So that's really good. It's a scene. You Maybe guys one day. Maybe so one you, day. We'll see. <laughs> hopefully one day. Cause seeing you guys being able to go out with Polaris would be absolutely incredible. I would, I would, that'd be something a lot of people even here in the U S would be like, 
why can't we get that? Because yeah, God, just just hearing all the great stuff that's coming out of the you know your country is just absolutely amazing right now. And the fact of the matter is that you know we're sitting over here thinking, especially me and like my group of friends, we're like, give us more of this stuff. We want more of it. Just keep it coming. And all of a sudden. I kind of got my I kind of got my wishes answered when I got the press release for you guys. It's like, all right, let's check this one out. Okay, we got another one here, guys. Send it off. Send it to everybody. We got this. <laughs> we got another yeah. one. It's like light the beacon. <laughs> no, cheers, man. What was really cool though is I think it was Parkway Drive, obviously Australian as well. They released a um, I can't remember what it was. It was like a tour, and I think it's just maybe in Europe, but they've literally just brought over like three australian bands with them i can't remember who it was i remember make them suffer was on there oh, oh that, i can't even think of who else it was they're, do, they're it doing was that like, over, they're doing that over in the u.s it's make them suffer is opening and then amity affliction north lane and parkway drive is the headliner yeah it's just like four big name australian bands all doing a tour together overseas and i'm like that's beautiful we need more of that need more of that <laughs> yeah we need more well not only do we need more of that but there's a number of us that are like we needed like one or two other bands to be added to that bill to create just <laughs> this absolutely insane massive show and it's like well what other two would you put on there <laughs> literally when i polaris. brought that up my buddy was like we want polaris on there i was like well well yeah but who else do you want on there he's like well but i know they're gonna he was like they're already gonna be out on tour at that point but it would have been hysterical to throw Alpha Wolf in there. I was like, oh, my oh, yeah, God. Yeah. I just said yeah, that, show thinking, would, that show would have I was hurt. Thinking, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Alpha Wolf or Thornhill probably would have been the next. Oh, Thornhill would have been a great one, too. Would have been one of the next two that you would surely look to to add to the piece. Or sure. Thy Art is Murder, if you're looking, <laughs> at, a, at, a heavy, or if you're looking at a heavier band. God, yeah, there's, there's so many bands. Yeah. Void of Vision, obviously, being another yeah. one as well. Who, yeah. Obviously, a lot of bands are following in footsteps of, uh, well, hope to one day. Yeah, and it's like, of course, you know, even like I'll throw Void of Vision in there as well because with Void of Vision, it was kind of like, okay, now we're getting like another of the, like these, this next wave of Australian bands to kind of come over to the US and find success because they came over last year on the tour with it was Hollow Front, We Came as Romans, and August Burns Red as the headliner. And yeah, I remember what a package. Go- yeah, and I remember going to, I remember going to see that show because, well, August Burns Red always puts on a good show. And I absolutely love We Came as Romans as shown by the big dark bloom flag behind me. But then, of course, Void of Vision is opening and everyone is there and no one really knew who Void of Vision was. We just were trying to figure out what it was. Was the pit the smallest for Void of Vision that day? Yes, but everyone was so in tune to like what Void of Vision was doing on stage. It wasn't anything of, oh, we're not into the show. We're like, we have never heard this before, and we are taking this all in. Like, there were so many people yeah. that were doing that. So by the time the show ended, it was like, well, what do you guys think of Void of Vision? And everyone's just thinking, all right, we got to open up Spotify. We got to, like, add a bunch of this stuff to our playlist because we want to make sure we don't miss out on this. It was yeah. that. That's what they did. And I'm like, if you guys have getting a chance to come over to the U.S., and if the crowd's, like, doesn't seem like they're reacting the way you want them to react, but if they're just, like, into it and they're paying attention, it's they're taking you guys all in, and they're just like, oh, my God. We found something new here. Yeah, not sick. But it's also like Void of Vision. Every time I think about them and I'm like thinking about them and their element, their ideal place, it's like a German underground club, which is just <laughs> like an absolute goth rave. And that is Void of Vision. That's what you expect to like. That's what their sound says to me. And it's great. 
Could you imagine if you went over to Europe with Void of Vision and got to play in clubs like that? <laughs> just literally yeah. in their massive element. You guys are down there just, oh, God, we get to play here. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, be sick. Be sick. But that's what I picture when I think of Void of Vision, for sure. Yeah. So outside of the Wind Waker caskets run that you have, and then, of course, going to New Zealand, what other shows you guys got planned for the rest of the year to support this album? Now, I do want to add this in there. I know there might be stuff in the works. I know there's stuff you probably can't say. So if there's nothing, if you can't say anything or can't give me any specifics, please don't. I don't want to put you in a different position. But if there's certain things you can tease a little bit along the way, please do because I'm always curious and I want to get, you know, excited potentially see these shows. Even if it means trying to find a way to, you know, make it over to Australia, maybe sell a kidney, sell part of my liver, hang out with you guys, whatever it might be. We'll figure it out. But if there's anything else you can add to like more shows you got coming up, I'm more than willing to hear about it in a teaser sort yeah. of way. Yeah. So the only things that we've got, obviously, announced at the moment, so we're doing like a mini festival here in our hometown in, uh, on Friday with bands like Ocean Grove, Thornhill, um, Yours Truly and stuff like that. Should be Ooh. cool. Then, yeah, we head to New Zealand for the first time with Thornhill, um, which should be really cool. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so we got the Wind Waker Caskets run. And then after that, we've got another, there's maybe another tour um, in Australia. I'm not too sure what it is. Um, yeah, we haven't approved anything. Uh, we're hoping to do our first ever headline run at some stage here in Australia. So that's definitely on the cards because we've never headlined around the country before. And after doing supports with like, yeah, Sayerson and Don Broco, North Lane and Sleep Token and stuff like that, like we really need to start doing our own shows and uh, really hoping to get like a, like a little festival run going over here in Australia as well. Like that's always been the goal to get on like a touring festival, but no, nothing else. We have nothing that we can really tease. Like there's a lot of things like in the works, but nothing solidified yet. But yes, we would love to go to Europe. We'd love to go to, to America, but it's just waiting for this album to come out, see how that goes. And then hopefully someone can bring us over. That's it. We kind of just need a band to take a shot on us and, have us support them like a like an August Burns Red did with like Void of Vision or the plot and news doing right now with uh Thornhill and Banks Arcade. Mm-hmm. Something like that and we'd we'd love to come over. Uh, honestly I think maybe that like of course just knowing how Australian bands kind of work when it comes to going to the US, of course Europe seems to be like that first piece. So it looks like possibly, you know, maybe twenty twenty four you're going to get potentially go over to Europe, maybe get on some of those festival days over there as well. Cause of course, once summertime hits, you know, Ju- like especially May, June, July, August over there, there's festivals like every single weekend. Cause it's, it's Europe, you know, there's so many people there and there's all these different countries that each country is going to have their little festival here and there. And of course, Germany is going to have like six of them cause it's Germany and they absolutely love rock and metal. And you might just get, you know, pick up some traction there. So maybe late 2024, 2025, even though it does seem like a long time, uh, like, like, you know, a long time in the future, you got to remember three years ago, we were all sitting in our houses and waiting to try and go outside because COVID was a thing. And now it's like, well, music is back, you know, two years potentially to get over the U S that's not the worst thing that happened. And it could very well happen with the release of this album because of the fact that you guys don't cut any corners. You guys have that plan in place and you're going to execute on that plan to make sure that this album is as, is as successful as possible. And even after, even when the plan is in place, I've got a feeling that you guys are still going to try and go yourselves above and beyond to continue to promote this album because in your DIY roots, you never cut any corners anyway. So if there's a chance for you guys to add even more to it, you're going to take that chance and run with it. 
Yeah, definitely. Like there's just whatever ideas we're going to have, we're going to try and put what we can into it. And um, we started this band and released our debut EP dysfunctional literally a week before our country went down until its first ever lockdown with COVID. So we've, we spent the first couple of years of this band having to rely on continuing to work and grind to keep our name out there, whether it was releasing, we released a single in between and we um, did acoustic versions. We did a, like a live acoustic show and put it on YouTube and anything like that. We will just, we'll continue that same mindset because as much as yes, we're now signed to Sharp Tone. Yes, we're now signed to Resist Records and stuff like that. It, it doesn't stop. It just means that we now have larger platforms to be able to try and continue to do this extra content to get as close as we can to 8 billion people listening to the music. <laughs> Yeah, and take a look at the bands that have gotten creative with it and even beyond what like the label would do or go above and beyond what all the other bands would do to go back to those roots of, you know, just doing it by yourself, DIY. Those are the bands that end up really taking a, you know, a further stride into a completely different realm of musical success. And the one that stands out to me right now as I tilt my head up and look at the three giant posters above my desk, looking at the one on the left ice nine kills with all the horror stuff they done all the different connections to these different movies all the different types of merch they put out there every single month ever since they released the silver scream them doing their own like comic-con convention for horror like it's they just thought they like they took a chance on something of course it all started out with the music but then what really got to help to get going to the crazy kind of merch they came out with when they end up getting banned from playing at uh, the house of blues in Orlando, because it's on Disney property and Disney did not want that imagery out there. They made t-shirt parodies of Disney characters as horror movie characters. And that helped the band take off even further because now it's like, okay, more attentions on this. More people are starting to check out the music. And now the band went from in 2019 before the pandemic hit, I saw them in a basement at, that had at the most maybe 500 people there headlining. And now they're opening for Metallica. Yeah, it's wild. Take, taking those chances and you guys have the roots within you, especially from their first release being released a week before shutdown happened and having the mentality to not cut any corners. I feel like there's going to be some opportunity that's going to come up with the next couple of months after the release of abeyance i almost said abeyance i'm like wait wait wait, nope can't say that abeyance <laughs> and there's gonna be something you guys discover maybe it's something that no one else discovers where it's like hey we let's try this to promote it and maybe you put something out there and all of a sudden it just is the thing and it takes off but you guys have the mindset to try that stuff and because you have the plan in place but this is gonna be something that's gonna help help you go above and beyond because you're willing to go above and beyond yeah that's it you can't you can't just cut as i said we can't you can't cut corners you can't just expect things to happen you need to be able to think outside of the box and try and think of your ideas new ways of presenting your music to people because honestly unless you just fall into the crowd and you end up just being another one of those bands and look it's really really hard to you know it's really hard to be a band that gets signed but then it's really hard to be a signed band who takes that next step and becomes a successful, you know, full-time band. So it's just, 
you have to have the right mentality. You have to have the right work ethic. And we have that. It's just hopefully people connect with the music and we, all we can do is what we can do. And we're going to do as much as we can. I hope so too. Cause I, now this is something I just have to check out. Cause just talking with you is just like, there's a certain, there's a certain energy always I pick up on when I'm talking with people and this kind of energy I'm talking with you. It kind of reminds me of the energy I always talk to when I talk with the guys in caskets. Now, when I first talk with the guys in caskets, I bet you can use a spunkly, spunkly, Spotify monthly <laughs> listeners just as my example for this, as this like, you know, rate of growth. When I first talked to these guys, and this is March of 2021, this is March 2021, their monthly listener count was just under 200,000 monthly listeners. At this moment, as I'm looking at it, they are just under 1.6 million. So it's That's just what, right. I'm, what I'm bringing up there is, is what I saw what they did with some of their promotion, what I saw what they did with some of their energy, what they did to really connect with people. I see a lot of the ideas that they had and a lot of the minds that they had in you as well. So I'm like, there is an example there of how it works, that there is that massive success, massive amount of success that can be had and continue to grow as this band continues to grow as well. I can see it happening for you guys. But the main thing is, is it's going to be the band that has to do the work for it. It's going to be you guys that have to do the work for it. But you guys already have the mindset of we're not cutting any corners and we're going to go the extra mile to get this stuff done. So I could assume, you know, maybe within the next like two years, I could be talking to you got you again. And we'll take a look at the monthly listener count and be like, oh, we're just under 100,000 at this moment that we're talking. Where are we going to be the next time we talk? We're going to be at 1.5 million. We're going to be like, whoa, now let's keep this stuff going. <laughs> That's it. But it's just, well, well, it's great because, yeah, as I said, we're on tour with caskets in like a couple months. So who's going to be picking their brain about what they did and what what we could, you know, take from that and learn from it? Because that's the other thing is you need to, there's obviously people out there who have done more than you have, been more successful, and you just need to be a sponge and you need to listen to them and you know, take their advice. Sometimes what works for, for someone doesn't work for everyone. But, you know, for a band that's had a glow up, like that yeah. or you look at sleep token when we toured mm -hmm. with them they had two hundred thousand monthly listeners and now they got over two million it's well, like you i just need to learn from that yeah. and realize what have they done what can what can we do what can we take from them and and learn from them and obviously being in a position where we get to you know two of them i think we're playing i don't know in australia the dates obviously aren't as long there's not as many cities here but mm -hmm. i think it's like seven shows or so we play with them like we've got a lot of time to you know to learn from them and we're looking forward to that. Yeah, and and by the time you know, a week after we even record this, after the you know the monthly listener count refreshes, especially for Sleep Token, after the new album is out, yeah, that's probably going to jump to like three million at least, especially with how people are really getting into it. But again, you guys have this. This is the great thing about it is you guys have the opportunity to talk to so many of these bands to be a sponge to kind of figure out okay where these things were successes for them and how you can use it for yourself. Of course, what they did is not going to necessarily work out for you, but it's all about understanding the principle of why that worked and then being able to reverse engineer it for your specific band. And then even with the guys in caskets as well, with that kind of glow up, again, the specific things that they did might not necessarily work for all, but the concepts are going to work out rather well, especially if you understand those concepts. On top of that, well, sharp tone mate, label mates, it's you've got the team behind you, especially from that side, that knows how to get a band to glow up like that, how the concepts and the principles and how that all works together. So again, kind of put it all together. There's a lot of things in play where it seems like you guys are just on the cusp 
of really getting to that point where you're going to start getting that, where that real glow up is about to happen. You guys are on the cusp of it. I can feel it, man. I can feel it. <laughs> that's great. Well, yeah, we got this album coming out in a few weeks, and that's it. That, as, we, as I said, that's the starting point. So it's like, what do we go from there? How do we get this into as many as possible? And that's exciting and the fun part, and it's also the heartbreaking part because it's, yeah. it's, it takes so much energy, but it's worth it. So I'm keen to see what we do with it. I'm keen to see what you guys do with it as well. So, Daniel, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I always like to do is give my guests, which is you in this instance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you're going to promote at the end of the podcast. So, Daniel, floor is yours. Yeah, well, yeah, Abeyance comes out June 16th, our debut album. We've got four singles out so far, so check them all out on Spotify. Uh, you can pre-order the vinyl on Sharp Tone or Resist Records, depending where you're located. But yeah, it means so much if you could listen to it. Give us a go. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I don't think you'll be either. So now it's time for this podcast with three very specific things. First things, when it comes to alt, when it comes to make sure you're following along with them on social media so you can enjoy the glow up when it happens and watch the fun things they're going to do to continue to promote this album and not cut any of those corners. When it comes to checking out the music, watching the music videos, when it comes to pre-saving and pre-ordering the album and pre-ordering that vinyl so that you can enjoy a full physical copy of it and play that vinyl because, you know, vinyl needs to be fed. Of course, that's my weird thing, having to play with my vinyl player literally during a episode, but the best way to go and do that is to, you know, find all this stuff, follow along with them, subscribe to their stuff, buy, you know, pre-order, pre-save, all that good kind of stuff. Get, if you're in Australia, go get tickets to go see and play with Wind Waker and Caskets because I'm going to, of course, big on Caskets. I'm big on Wind Waker. I'm big on Alt now. So you're not going to want to miss out on it. But instead of having to look all this stuff up yourself, because I know convenience is key, go to the description of the podcast where it says find alt online. There'll be links for everything and labels for those links as well. So you know exactly where to go. So you can follow along on social media, watch YouTube videos, listen to music, pre-save the album, pre-order the album, all that good kind of stuff. So it's all there for you. Convenience is key. I got you covered. All right, Daniel, now it's time for number two. Whenever I'm guesting this podcast, I enjoy having on this podcast. I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say thank you and as a way for me to say I would like to continue to support the band in the ways that I can. And everyone I know has hit on this a promise. The streak is like four years long. This streak is going to continue today. So my promise to you is this. It's not an if. If implies this might not happen. This is a when. When implies it will happen. Date and time is yet to be determined. When I get to see you perform live for the first time, I'm going to do my best Liam Neeson impersonation from Taken. And I will look for you. I will pursue you. I will find you. I will say hi. And I will say first round's on me. Sounds great. I look forward to it. Perfect. We'll be playing. If, if you're going to have to come to Chicago, you're going to have to come to Chicago. But we'll be playing. We'll be playing. We'll be dude, there, I'm sure. Dude, I go to Chicago all the time, even if it's on a, like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I have to work the next day because my mentality is I'll remember a great show for a while. I'm not going to remember getting enough sleep for work the next week. True. True so, words have never been spoken. So I, if you, if it's Chicago, I will be there. So now, Daniel, as I bring this podcast to its conclusion, I cannot in good conscience end it by saying goodbye because I made you a promise. I want to support the band and watch that glow up that you guys are going about to go on. And I would love to have you back on the podcast again in the future because this was a lot of fun. So goodbye does not seem fitting enough. Better way to say it is, I'll see you later. See you later, man. Thanks for having me. Woo!
well, folks, this is my interview with Daniel from the band Alt Out of Australia. Now it's time for Kevin's final thought. So I think the main thing that Daniel brought up here was something brought up early in the episode, and it was a band that does not cut corners. And when he said that, of course, I brought up my crazy soccer story of literally the crazy thing where it's just I got to stop doing a drill at the time we were supposed to stop doing because I actually did not cut the corners. Kind of made me happy. But the reason why it stands out so much is because in today's day and age, in today's world, convenience is such a key thing. And there's such a big uh, prominence put on doing things as quickly and as easily as possible. Now, I understand that. I totally get that. However, when it comes to being in a band, not cutting any of those corners is such a huge thing because this is something you're putting your life into. This is something you're putting your passion to. If this is something you want to make sure is your thing in life, whether it's music, whether it's your own business, whether it's just life in general, whatever you're doing, not cutting the corners on that, making sure you're seeing things fully all the way through is such an important task that I even think about it with the podcast as well. Were there times where I tried to cut corners unwillingly and unknowingly? Yeah. There were, and the reason behind it was because maybe vanity metrics, may, you know, stood out. Maybe it was something where I thought, uh, you know, I'm not good at um, promoting these things, but this person might be, so let's just put money at them, and then they can do it, and that's kind of taking the easy way out. No, 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 no. That's not the easy way out, and that did not help the podcast grow. Of course, now I'm working with a couple of different guys, and we're not cutting any corners, and is the podcast growing? Is it? Yes. Is it growing as fast as I wanted to? No, but the growth is there, and we're not cutting corners, so we're starting to see that growth start to happen a little bit more and more. The reaction videos we're doing are really helping that out, get a little bit more shot in the arm there. So again, not cutting any corners, trying something different, trying things that might work, absolutely work. When it comes to alt, though, not cutting those corners and being a band that's going to try and go the extra mile and know that when the release day happens, that's just the beginning of the cycle. Yes, you've worked on this for so long. Yes, you've put out the started putting out singles. Yes, you've been working and producing music and working to make sure this music is the best as possible for so long. But when that release day happens, that is the beginning of the cycle. Remember, there are 8 billion people in this world. Not everybody has heard your music, no matter what. Not everybody has heard Metallica. Not everyone's heard ACDC. Not every person in the world has even heard the Beatles yet. Not every person in the world has heard Michael Jackson yet. But there's always a market for there. And especially for a band that's growing, that's releasing their first full album, especially under a label. Yeah, there's going to be so much opportunity, especially in your niche and in your scene to get that around the world. So being able to focus in on that and getting that release out there is such an important thing that these guys are going to be one to watch, similar to what happened with Caskets. And yes, of course, you guys know, I am huge on caskets. I always am. This podcast is a casket stand podcast because I love those guys. And watching their glow up and watching their growth and them not cutting any corners, looking at what alt mindset is, I get the same energy off them. So it's going to be a band to watch, a band to check out on and make sure you do. So when a band comes out on June 16th, go check it out and make sure you're following along with alt as well so if you want to do that go to scripture the podcast where it says find alt online there'll be links and labels for everything so you can go check them out follow along with them know when they're playing live near you get ready for a band to come out pre-save the album download the album buy the album buy the vinyl all that good stuff make sure you also follow along with the core progression podcast links in the description of the podcast below for facebook and instagram as those are our primary platforms you can talk to us on those platforms of course who's going to respond to them on there me because i'm the one that does this stuff also make sure you're hitting that like button on youtube because it helps out the album and hit that subscribe button as well for even more musical content to join our community as well and 
excuse me, getting a little dry throat there, but, uh, any subscribing really, really helps us out. It really helps us to get to that point where we can continue to bring you the best bands that are coming up in the scene and we can continue to try and bring you some of those even bigger bands that you're like, oh my God, how'd you get those? And we got August Burns Red this year on the podcast. We talked with Joey Sturgis on the podcast this year. What's a band another what's another band I want to bring on the podcast? Um, let's just take a look around the room. Uh We Came as Romans, yeah. Ice Nine Kills, yeah, Rise Against. Duh, of course I want to bring them on. Falling in reverse might not be easy, but we're going to still try at some point in time. But continue to subscribe and support the podcast, a way to make that stuff happen. So thank you for your support. Also, make sure you're following if you're listening on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Thank you for that. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness, for supporting this podcast. Remember, 20% of the code CPP20 at FX.com. Link to the podcast. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Alt. Thank you, Sharptone. Thank you, Absolute PR, for bringing it to our attention. And we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Hope you guys enjoy the music. A band's comes out literally the day after we release this podcast. So if you're watching this after release day, go check out a band's right now. So on that note, that's going to be for today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I am every single one. a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!